Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. I'm kicking it off Teacher Appreciation Week, which starts May 2nd. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators, they're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them. And they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully, and today we have Emily Long with us. And I met Emily on LinkedIn, and she is such a bright light on that platform sharing beautiful reflective posts um she is she has her med and she's a director of residence life at osbergs university and she's also uh looking to get into learning and development and has a lot of different background in that area so i am so excited to have emily on today thank you yes thanks for having me jackie so my first question for you is anything either from your past, you know, um, teen, young adult years that led you to wanting to get into education? Yeah. So I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, when was that or how did that come mm. about? And so I think for me, um, it was actually a really like gradual process. So I was definitely... Um, like the kid growing up that like raised their hand and asked all the questions and like love learning. And, you know, that's one of my top strengths um, in StrengthsFinder. Like, so all these things. And when I was really younger, like really little, I wanted to be like a guidance counselor. Mm -hmm. um, that was my first like concept of what I wanted to maybe be. Um, and so I think I was inspired by a couple of like key people as most folks do, but it was really more like the general concept of the kind of impact you can have on people, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so many different ways to do that. And for me, I really was like all the people that have inspired me, right? Whether that be um, my late mother or, you know, my fifth grade teacher or these people, right? Have all really been focused on like how you can become the best version of you, mm -hmm. how you can be, your best self. Let's make sure you see your own light and see your mm -hmm. potential. And so for mm -hmm. me, that concept came to light, pardon the like use of that pun so much, but like that really came through education for me. Mm. Um, and so I think it was really that overarching concept that really was like, this is beautiful. And I think mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it because education, right, is so far spread and you can do it in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was that potential seeking process that you get to help navigate as an educator that mm -hmm. really drew me to it. Yeah, I uh, connect with a lot of what you just said there. It's funny, I actually thought about um, becoming a guidance counselor as well. And I think that's connected kind of to my father because he's a retired social worker and there's just mm -hmm. so much counseling in that career and just conversations we had growing up. But um I really liked the social sciences and I really liked the idea of engaging students in a subject that's sometimes like history, <laughs> the right. students are not that engaged in, right. it right. gets a bad rap, right? And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of, and that's why I went into it too, is to inspire and to really mm -hmm. see 
potential in others and have them feel like they're seen by someone. Yes. And they're supported. And I've said this on some episodes before. I've had some teachers like that more in elementary, like one or two in like early middle school, but high school is really difficult for me. I didn't have a lot of um, teachers that I, I looked up to or that I felt seen or felt like I had that connection. It was also a really big high school. And so it was very easy to get lost in the numbers. Yeah. And I think that kind of pushed me too to want to be that person that I am going to pay attention to my students and recognize things in them and hopefully foster something with that light, like you mentioned. So that's great. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting you say that in just even experiences for why people do the things they do. I either see it as somebody had a really wonderful experience and so they want to go in that Mm -hmm. direction or they had a not so great experience. Mm -hmm. And so they want to be that person. Mm -hmm. They want to help make it better. Um, So I love hearing both sides of it. Yeah, I've I've seen that too. And you mentioned this um, and I saw it on your profile and I just want to like maybe pick your brain a little bit about what's a strength finder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, strengths quest strength finder um, is basically this book. You can find Mm -hmm. it anywhere. I think you can Mm -hmm. do like strengths finder 2.0 many, many different things, Mm -hmm. but strengths finder basically is the idea, right? Like we all have areas of improvement. Yes, of course. Um, But a lot of times we struggle with understanding where our strengths lie naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, what are we actually inclined towards and then being able to articulate that. So it's basically Mm -hmm. a list of like, 33, I don't remember the exact number, um, but like 30 strengths and it gives you your top five and then explains kind of what that means, Mm -hmm. right? So um, it's really useful in a team space. It's really Mm -hmm. useful in a self-awareness space. Um, I actually really appreciate talking with folks about that and doing that work um, with folks in preparation for like an interview or a job search Mm -hmm. where they're doing um, rather than just like, do I know all the right answers for all the skills that they need me to do? I'm like, do you know yourself? Cause that's where, that's where that shines through. Um, So it's really cool. So it basically gives you those terms and then outlines all of them, which is really helpful. I think Mm -hmm. I took it for the first time in grad school and I was like, I feel seen. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of become a common concept. If you, if people know about it, you can use the terms kind of throughout, right? Mm. So you're familiar with this? Yes. Oh, cool. Here are my top five strengths. Mm. Um, and so people kind of know what that, what that can yeah. be, uh, which is really fun. So yeah, I love I stuff love like, that. I also love like the MBTI and the Enneagram. Yeah. I'm totally a nerd with all of those. Yeah, things. no, me too. <laughs> um, I just haven't heard of the strength finder. And I think yeah. that, oh my gosh, I was just getting an idea. That would be such a great way to start off the school year, like for me still being like a classroom teacher to start off with the students doing something like that and finding their Mm -hmm. core strengths and then Mm -hmm. using that language like throughout the year, because we all know what we need to work on. But I think always going back to those core strengths, it gives you confidence and it allows you to feel like I can work on these areas Mm -hmm. of improvement because I do know what I have as well. I think this would Mm -hmm. be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any concept like that, right. I think Mm -hmm. it's so helpful because it's just, people have a hard time, like talking about themselves in a positive way. I think Mm -hmm. often, I think we Mm -hmm. struggle with that as a society. And so this is just a nice way to start laying that foundation and normalizing that. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next question is, I usually, I go into like, what were your first like teaching experiences like, but yeah. also just like your first um, experiences in education as your career. Cause yours is 
you know, different than just being a classroom teacher. So anything you want to share from kind of early on in your career? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, both my undergrad and my graduate school um, are Jesuit um, Mm -hmm. in nature. And so uh, I really discovered the concept of Kira personalis early on Mm -hmm. in my education, which is care for the whole person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've really carried that Mm -hmm. through my own practice um, as an educator, right? And so that basically is the concept and understanding of a holistic identity process development, you know, process that you work with um, humans, you know, I have chosen to do that with college age students, but Mm -hmm. a lot of educators, right, whether you are in the classroom or outside of it, Mm -hmm. choose different populations to do that with. Um, And so for me, that was a really guiding concept um, that I took early on and really wanted to implement. And I think it came through for me in a lot of those smaller moments, um, you know, I think it was boundary setting, right? Mm. I think it was self-care practice. Um, I think it was the idea that you can be self-aware, but that shouldn't be used as an excuse for when things are going away or not, mm. well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those pieces came through in conversations with people I had the pleasure of being coworkers with, people I supervised, um, people that supervised me. It was a really continual process. And I think for me, it was being able to say, this is really important to me. And so this is going to impact my work, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And being able to understand what that means because students, no matter what age they're at, right? Have a lot of different things going on just like we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the other piece for me that came through in the educational space is that concept of work-life balance, work-life harmony, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so helping also remember that like, in some capacity education, right? Like formal classroom education and going through certain spaces is somewhat of a job for folks, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, even my three and a half year old is like, is it a school day today, mom? Is it not? And I'm like, you know, on the weekends we get to be home with you and your little brother and daddy. And on the weekdays mm-hmm. we go and learn, right? And yeah, so yeah. understanding that like, that concept of holistic identity is really impactful on Mm. us as educators and on the students and their learning process, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think for me, that's something that I've really come to appreciate. And I can talk through, I know later on we talk about ideas. I have so many to Mm -hmm, share, mm -hmm. Um, but that's been a really big one Mm -hmm. for me. Whole concept, right? Of like that self-care, that holistic development. um, And how does that translate into like the balance or harmony you have when mm-hmm. you happen to hold multiple spaces and multiple pieces of your identity in those spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what was that um, saying? Was it the Jesuit um, saying? Personal- yeah, cura personalis. Oh, I like uh, that. Yeah. 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 Care for the whole person. Um, so I think that was probably my very first like concept of wanting to carry that through and like mm-hmm. I, I would call it an aha moment mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. Um, and it was more again kind of what we've had this whole conversation giving name to something like being mm-hmm. able to articulate that and then carry that through into the work that you're doing yeah absolutely yeah and I would see like even because I teach um, mostly you know 11th 12th graders so they're getting ready for college and then you're with yeah. you know college students I think that age group so important to kind of 
and the saying of like soft skills always kind of like, I don't know, rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Like we have to teach the soft skills too. I'm like, they're actually really foundational though. It just sounds like when you say soft, it's like, it's not as important as the hard skills. Right. right. But I think high school into college, uh, as they're becoming their own person and coming into their own life as a young adult, they really need to hone those skills of like, how do I take care of my mental health? How do I have work-life balance relationships with people, personal relationships, work relationships, you know? Um, I think really kind of working on that EQ. I I love doing EQ in my psychology class, like your emotional intelligence, I always say is like, I think that's like the most important. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can lend itself to, you know, so many different workplaces too, if you have a strong EQ. So like fostering that whole person um, that you're not just this worker bait, like you're not just going to school and then college or going into a trade just to be a worker. And then that's your life. And that's who you are out in the world. But you are someone who is a friend and is maybe a mentor, um, you know, and you need to take care of your own self in order to be that really strong professional or whatever you mm-hmm. want to give to the world. So mm-hmm. I see um, a connection with the, the uh, age group you work with and the age yeah. group I work with too. And I'd like to foster more of um, teaching my students, not just like the subject matter, but teaching them that work-life balance. And they stress out. They are just so stressed. There's a lot of students, I think, definitely dealing with anxiety, whether it's mild or you know more extreme. But and they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that needs to definitely be a focus in part, even just part of our job as, you know, educators is really helping students to, you know, find uh, strategies and support systems mm-hmm. um, that they can then take into their adult life when they are truly on their own. Because like when you're done college and you're working, you are on your own, you got to figure it out. Right. Right. Well, and I think that that's so interesting too, right? Because it's, you know, I, I was thinking earlier um, after I dropped my youngest off at daycare, I was like, I come from, you know, an upper, like upper middle-class family and education was never like a question. It was mm-hmm. like, of course you're going to have education, right? Of course right, you're going right. to look at these things. And so I've been very mindful of that because the population I work now, you know, I have a really, um, really fortunate to be able to work with, um, uh, BIPOC population, um, mm-hmm. really great capacity. And so I've thought about that and I'm like, for some folks, this mm-hmm. was never a possibility for them. Mm-hmm. It, like the fact that they're here is incredible in mm-hmm. so many capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are thinking about like all the things they have to do at home, perhaps, and all the things they have to do at school mm-hmm. and that translation into kind of what you just said, right? Like not the hard and soft skills, but more like the interactive life skills versus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the tool, like the formal tools that you need to do your trade. Um, right. Right. Practice, right. And so I see a lot of intersection there. Definitely mm-hmm. saying hundred percent. So kind of um, segueing into our next question where yeah. I think a lot of, at least my ideas of thinking about, again, that holistic learning and, mm-hmm. you know, the students, the whole person the pandemic. (laughs) So I feel like the pandemic has been this place where we all were challenged so much. But I think if we really look at what has happened, we can take away a lot from it. So I'm just Mm -hmm. curious to see how the pandemic affected you professionally, maybe seeing how the students at the college level 
um, you know, impacted education, but maybe impacted just the community as a whole or your takeaways from it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so, so many pieces. Um, and I will just set the stage briefly and you can edit this part out. It probably doesn't matter, <laughs> but just so you have the cons, like, as you hear what I'm about to say. So, um, we, I was pregnant with our second baby. Mm. Um, Ian was born April 2nd of 2020. So wow. just looking at the math, um, mm -hmm. and my oldest and uh, my youngest are only 17 months apart. So I had a 17 month at home. Um, yeah. I was 38 weeks pregnant and my husband had just, uh, finishing medical school. And we just mm. told that we're moving across the country, um, in June of 2020. Wow. Um, and so there's a lot happening there and there was the pandemic, right. And all mm -hmm. of this unknown, um, and what was going on. And so for me, there was a lot of big life transition yeah. in that first part of it. Um, and we moved to Minneapolis um, mm -hmm. for residency. And that was the week after George Floyd was murdered. Um, yeah. A lot happening mm -hmm. in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then still, like, we still had to do our jobs, right? Like, yeah. we still had to show up and, like, try something, anything. Just try and be consistent for our students, for mm -hmm. ourselves, for one another, Mm -hmm. Um, and so it shifted overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we flipped as I know that you've all probably had to do too, so fast into mm -hmm. like, no more programming, no more in-person classes. We're all online. We're reaching from afar. Mm -hmm. Please do your part. Right. And so what happened, at least for me, as I took my full leave, which, um, you know, in America, never enough, but <laughs> did that, and then was able to actually continue working full-time remote. Mm -hmm. um, in my job, um, for back East because everybody was remote. Right. Yeah. And so what I kind of saw from this, this sphere, um, was a lot of like reactiveness, right. Mm -hmm. It was like, and understandably so because mm -hmm. the pandemic, there's so much unknown and vaccines weren't available and all these things were happening, mm -hmm. but every, everything we were doing was reactionary. Right. And so not only did we as the educators feel that, but the students felt that right? oh, sure. it was very much like we're on edge and maybe it's chaos, but maybe it's not. And what's happening, right? There was just mm -hmm. this elevated sense of overwhelm. And again, not that that wasn't called for because the start of the pandemic, I think was arguably quite traumatic for mm -hmm. folks and has continued to be that way um, right. in this elongated um, capacity that we're in. But what I started to see has with many folks, mental health mm -hmm. crept really, really far up, right? Mm -hmm. Isolation, right? Um, and not because you're positive, COVID positive, but because you're just by yourself all the time. Yeah. Um, the lack of interaction that then led to not just students, maybe not wanting to interact, but mm -hmm. not really knowing how to, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and so we're moving into this space of like, you can come back into the proverbial world and do things and people are like, but how, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Um, a lot of the students that I've been working with, like they, their senior year or their junior year of high school and now they're in college was like, not what it typically should be. Right. And so they're almost at this impasse of like, is it still my senior year, but I'm mm. now a sophomore in college, what's happening? Like, yeah. where's the translation? And so I've seen a lot of what I would call like disconnect mm -hmm. um, is probably been the largest thing in higher education, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all this reactivity happening. People are just go, 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 try and fix, fix, fix. And there's been 
therefore like no room for pause and Mm. like thinking things through. And so you've been able to see the holes and the gaps, um, right in things. So people who do their job really well, people who aren't doing their job really well, students are naming that, seeing that because we're in a pandemic and we've had to shift all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's been tiresome, right? Mm -hmm. I think, um, the other, the other overarching thing that I'd be remiss if I didn't say with the pandemic is that like people are burnt out, right? Like staff is burnt out. Faculty is burnt out. I think students are burnt out. Like this has been a lot to manage on every single level. And Mm -hmm. so I really think that like the, the aha moment though, Mm -hmm. um, amidst all this chaos has been that we can adapt and we can Mm -hmm. think differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key Mm -hmm. for me, like things that we can take away from Mm -hmm. the pandemic are like, we can actually shift how we understand a lot of these different pieces Mm -hmm. of our educational system, of the way in which we ask our educators to help students grow, Mm -hmm. the way in which we actually ask students to engage. And Mm so it's been a tumultuous ride. Mm -hmm. I would not, I would not lie. There's been a lot happening, but, um, but yeah, I think the disconnect, I think people are now starting to finally want to have that connection, but they need some assistance in that thing. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more structure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Um, and I'm thinking of this age group, like you mentioned, working with um, students who are just coming out of their senior year of high school and they're starting their first year yeah. or second year of college. And my seniors who, you know, graduated in 2020, I felt for them big time. I mean, we went into lockdown and they missed, we do this intensive learning program, which is like, you go on different cultural trips and whatnot. And a lot of them get to go internationally, which I was supposed to go on. So that got canceled. Prom got canceled. Graduation got canceled. We're delivering diplomas at their house with masks on social distancing. Like I remember helping to do that. Luckily we're able to have a graduation in mid July, but it was very, very different. Right. Um, and only so many people could be there. So like, just like your mom and dad, or just like immediate family, oh. um, and then socially distance and masks and everything. Right. But, um, and many of them started college at home yep. on a computer. So it was an yep. extension of the lockdown in the spring of their senior year of high school, their right. whole first year of college, or maybe just if they were lucky that just first semester was like, it's just seen it's, 13th year, you know? Right, right. Um, and I was just talking to some of my former students who came back to visit this past spring and they were the class of 2020. And they were, we were talking about that, how hard it was that first mm-hmm. year. And then by their sophomore year, um, and then definitely now their junior year, they feel like they are finally in college. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like this delayed, drawn out, um, you know crossing over this next milestone. Like we, we never went through that. You know, it's like you, Mm -hmm. you hit your senior year, you do all these things, your senior year, you graduate, and then you go into the next chapter and it's like pretty seamless. And you're like, now there's, and there was this like delayed getting there. And so Mm -hmm. there is that kind of awkward of how do I do this? Or how do I associate and talk to people or engage socially? And yeah. I didn't have that right away. It took a year and a half to get, get to college socially. And right. It's, right. Um, but I do think we're at a place where we want to pay attention to those holes that you mentioned. And this kind of moves into our last part yeah. um, of looking at ideas is that we can't just say, 
we just want to go back to normal and we're going to ignore the last two years. And now we just want to get on with our lives. And I think some people are just ready to do that, but I think we would be, um, I don't know, we would be giving ourselves a disservice and our students and just in any industry, but particularly in education, if we don't pay attention to those holes mm-hmm. and now take the time where we can take a deep breath and kind of, okay, let's recalibrate, you know? And, yeah. um, I think that there could be an exciting time in education for a lot of brainstorming and a lot of collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of teachers leaving the profession. I feel like if we just go back to what we we're doing, you're going to have even more. And you just posted on LinkedIn about change and how yeah. change is, it can be so many different emotions and so many different, you know, um, one day you feel great about it. And the next day you're like, ah, that's not working out, but it's, it's about that messiness to kind of get your whole, you know, system to the next level. And I Mm -hmm. think we're, we're there right now, like ready to do that work. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So moving into that last piece, um, you have a lot of ideas and I, I know you share them all the time on LinkedIn as well. So what are some of your biggest ideas for how we can really transform education and how we can move into this next chapter? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, I think one of the biggest things that I've been thinking about lately, um, in terms of this, and it's such a big question and you can take it in so many ways. Um, but for me, it's really been kind of coming full circle to what we started with, right? Like really thinking, um, about, right. We often think about education as like teachers or educators giving something right Mm -hmm. to the students. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's true. We, we are trained in certain fields and areas and we do technically give them a service, right? Right. We give them formal training, we give them material, we give them all these things. But I think what's missing right now, right. Is really trying to help students understand that they also bring value into the Mm -hmm. space. Right. And so, um, looking at like, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, um, companies out there that are doing all this data on workforce development and how do you Mm. make sure people are prepared, right? How do you get a a higher um, ROI and what are you doing? And really it's, it really comes down to that value piece, right? Mm -hmm. Like making sure that your well-being as a human is built into the work that you are choosing to do, Mm. right? And so, again, education, right? Like we, I want people to be educated. I want our children um, who are the future, right? To be able to do that. But it's not just about the formal material. It's about helping them understand the gifts that they have Mm -hmm. and how that can be a light into the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that I think is a piece that we've got to work on. And I think it's, for me, it's twofold, right? So it's, how are we doing in the Um, classroom. And it's not even just about, I don't think it's the teachers, right? Like I think the teachers have always been trying to do that. I think it's the support and space and time and energy and resources that we give to making that part of a curriculum, right? Like part of a, part of a um, experience, right? Mm -hmm. That holistic concept. Um, I also think that like, we don't, you know, in general give students or the staff or educators enough resources, right? right? And so what does that mean? It means that teachers go on strike, right? There was a yeah. strike for two weeks here in Minneapolis uh, um, with, Minneapolis, with public schools. Um, and so students are still in school right now, finishing up the academic year, um, wow. right? So uh, how do we fix that? What do we do, right? And so you said, you know, it is systematic. And I think, 
again, the other piece of this is that awareness, right? Which is like why I love talking about it in these spaces and so thankful for your podcast concept because nobody actually talks about it because people assume that it's just the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And so in conjunction with that is this whole concept that I'm very over of like, you're called to do this work. And so that's enough. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I actually respectfully disagree, right? Like, I actually think that people have to understand that just because educators are in that space and Mm -hmm. care deeply doesn't mean that they don't deserve (laughs) to be appropriately compensated, Mm -hmm. that they don't deserve to be given enough resources, right? Um, Thinking about like teachers that are like, hey, please get these lists. And when you're growing up, you're like, I can't wait to bring this all to my classroom. It's so that you have all of the materials that you would need to survive otherwise, right? Nobody thinks about these things because they've been normalized to Mm -hmm. be like, that's just how it is. I guess Mm -hmm. we'll continue to feel crappy about it. Like, Mm -hmm. no, right? Like actually what that is, is that's causing additional stress on your educators, people that are designed to be there for your children, help Mm -hmm. them learn and grow, right? In a formal capacity. Um, That also means that burnout is happening and a higher turnover is happening. And so not only is a transition for the system, but it's a transition for the kids, right? Like all of that movement, all of that chaos in an Mm. already overarching chaotic world is a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I just spoke about that in like the classroom space, but we see it in higher education too, Mm -hmm. right? Like I've been down staff for Mm. 14 months. Wow. (laughs) My students have felt that on numerous levels. I have felt that because what happens when you don't have enough resources, you Mm. end up having to wear so many different hats. Mm -hmm. Um, and so those hats can't all be worn at the same time, but we feel like we have to. And so eventually Mm. it's going to topple over. Um, and so I think it's really helping say, what, what role are you here to do? And are we helping you do that? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are we helping you grow in that? Are we helping you drive things forward, move forward, develop as the human that is in that education space, right? So it's, it's definitely students and it's also definitely the educators in that space. Are we helping develop all of them in conjunction with one another so that they can work together to help each other? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And the, you know, you talk about resources, the biggest resource, definitely salary. And I would say, you know, again, I'm in Jersey, so I'm still fortunate to have a a pretty decent salary, but some of these areas of the country, it is still very, very low. And I started off with a very low salary when I started teaching and I was in Hawaii and I was like, I can't afford to do anything. Um, But for me, and I think this is across the board is time. Time is the resource we need because Mm -hmm. if you're going to do the type of work to look at these holes and make these changes and maybe start to implement more project-based learning or bring students in and having them fully collaborate with the educators to like build the curriculum. You need time and our schedule doesn't allow that. Like we just don't, everything is so packed with just Mm -hmm. all of these things we have to do. And I don't know what we're fully accomplishing besides yeah, this is what's on your transcript when you graduate high school, you know, and I'm just thinking at the high school level, Um, but changing schedules. And I've talked about this, giving time to teachers to collaborate, giving time for them to meet with the administrators and share their ideas, having that be part of the process so that we can institute some real change. Because otherwise, if we don't make the time 
then it won't change because all the teachers are doing is we're just trying to survive through, you know, the busy schedule and just getting everything done with no right. time to do it. Yeah. Right. It's the that reactive, right? That it reactive mindset reactive. versus that proactive mindset. And I, yeah. you know, um, I think that's that's so key, right? Because we make time for what we make time for, right? Yeah. Like yeah. ultimately, like those are all decision points that we get to make. Um, in terms of like, yes, us as individuals, but then like the system, right? The system mm-hmm. is actually saying, here's how you need to be spending your time and here's what I'm asking mm-hmm. you to do. And I think right now education is in a place where it's like please do more, but with less. Mm -hmm. And just like, what? Um, You know, and like from a salary standpoint, right? Like it's not even that people want to go, it's that they're going to have to, right? Mm -hmm. Because that Mm -hmm. piece isn't shifting for them either. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really hard place to be in, right? I think we're seeing a good amount of folks leave and it's not because they don't enjoy their work. It's because they literally can't afford to do that. Right. Right. Um, And then the toll it takes kind of like you just mentioned, right? Like the time, right? So your own energy bank, mm-hmm. um, your mm-hmm. stress levels, like how you hold yourself in regard, um, like outside of that space is mm-hmm. really, it's exhausting, right? When you don't have those pieces and you yeah. don't have the time to do that. Um, yeah. And then I have like a bunch of other things. One, your book, mm-hmm. you should do the sections should be like topics and then mm-hmm. teacher, per- educator perspective, parent perspective. Yes. I would love that. Done. Um, And then just going full circle back to what you said about being a collaborative effort, right? My big thing right now is there's a difference, right? When we're collaborating, there's a difference between communication and information sharing, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. people really, when you were talking about all the materials in classrooms and things like that, and parents wanting to be in the know, I'm like, you can communicate to somebody all day long, right? Like Mm -hmm. you and I could sit here and have another hour conversation and talk about absolutely nothing productive or helpful or even Mm -hmm. remotely, you know, important. or we can actively be with each other and share information and learn Mm -hmm. and grow. And so both have to happen Mm -hmm. for there to be forward progress. And so Mm -hmm. right now, education is in that space too. We're communicating, we're giving you information, but is it actually the information we need? Mm -hmm. Why are we holding all this so close, right? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we in a space where we can let that out so that we can fix it together, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, People are in a very protective mindset right now. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be like, well, what are the parent, you know, concerns or perspective mm-hmm. of education? What are students? And I'll tell you, students have a lot to say. Yes, they, they have do. a lot to say and they have yeah. a lot of good ideas. We do a yes. unit in my psychology class on learning and education. And I end it with like, tell me what you see in education now. What are right. the flaws? What should be changed? And they say a lot of the same thing. Time of the schedule. There yep. needs to be more time for them to work on their own like passion projects. They would like to have more choice in what yes. they want to take starting yes. earlier, not by the time they're like seniors, basically. Yep. Um, they don't want to feel like they are just going through the motions. Um, and they want time to really focus on, again, work-life balance and their mental health. Like mm-hmm. the, the students are calling out to us and I don't think everyone gets it like the teachers do because they're there with them. And I have a pretty good rapport with my students and a very like open classroom. So they share things with me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I want to change it too. Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, like no. I want to give you all of that. But then I'm in this role where I'm like, I don't think I have any power or decision-making power. And I don't know 
what to do. So that was kind of my inspiration too, is starting this podcast and then maybe building right. it out from there is that the students have so many ideas. They're yeah. very perceptive. Yeah. They're really like self-aware, but like aware of the system. Yeah. They know what they're they're They know what they need and they know what's missing. Yes. And so they definitely should be part of the conversation too. And I, I feel like we need to get away from this top-down model or, you know, I'm in a Quaker school, which is very much about community and community sharing. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely been a better experience with collaboration than I've had at other places. But as a whole system, it's still like, I'm your head or I'm your principal, you're the teacher, you're the student. Mm-hmm. That it, and it's like a pecking order. And it's like, no, they're just as, you know, in this game, you know, as we are, and they have ideas and we should all be sharing it together because ultimately it's for them. Right. <laughs> Not right. for me. I already went through the system, you know, right. it's, it's for them. Um, if they have more voice and more choice, I think they're going to have a lot more buy-in and they're going to get a lot more out of their education. And I think they're just going to be become just better adults and citizens. And ultimately right. that's what we want. Right. Right. Well, and I think, you know, what I hear and what I kind of utilize as my like base, and I think I just heard you actually speak to all three of these things is that like students want like three things, right? Really care, choice, and connection, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we can provide opportunities for those and Mm -hmm. showcase those at different levels and different parts of their experience, like Mm -hmm. that is where that magic lies Mm -hmm. right um and within that something that i started um, utilizing in my department from like a leadership model is ecosystem-based leadership right so thinking if we think about education as an ecosystem right versus that top-down kind of like an ego system yeah you get to see all of the impacts that has Mm -hmm. and what does an ecosystem have right it has interconnectedness it has people at every level working together to make the system work. And if somebody can't be there, it's still functioning, right? It's still having forward momentum. Um, Mm -hmm. We get stuck in the, well, this person's out of the office or the principal's not here, so we can't do X. Like those are what prohibit that forward progress. And Mm -hmm. people are like all the red tape and all the lines, right? Um, But it's really grounded in like also making sure everybody knows that they bring value, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody has a place and part in the forward growth of the ecosystem and we can't do it without each other, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. that's been a really cool concept to like mm-hmm. navigate with um, with my department the past like year and a half or so. And so just in hearing you that, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. it's definitely like the top-down approach isn't working. We've got right. to fix that. We have right. to, we have to reevaluate. Yeah, and I like this whole, I'm just writing down so many quotes, Emily. Like oh, you're just gosh. like, <laughs> so brilliant with, uh, you're a great communicator, by the way. Um, so I love this school as an ecosystem instead of an ego system. I love that. And right now education does not have sustainability. I mean, not when you have all these teachers leaving, um, there's going to be a crash. Like if we don't steer this ship in the right direction, um, it's going to hit an iceberg and it's, it's going to it's going to go down. And I know. Well, and I think that's, I think I use that word a lot, right? Like um, sustainability and because like your mm-hmm. self, pra- your self-care practice has to be sustainable. Yeah. You have to be able to 
work within a system and develop processes for yourself and for your your students, you know, or the work that you're doing that is sustainable, right? Yeah. So, you know, those expectations do more, but with less. I'm like, this is not sustainable. Right. We are not going to be able to continue to do this. Mm-hmm. And so something is going to have to give. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really can't be a person's well-being. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't have to be. And it also shouldn't be the quality of the educational process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, yeah. It's, and I'm always, I'm also a proponent of like, let's work smarter, not harder. And so yeah. like, I'm fine with their like being, you know, if we need to completely rebuild the process, we need to, we need to do it. And if one's working, like the other piece that we need to do more of is assessment, right? Like mm-hmm, we don't mm-hmm. do that because we're mm-hmm. like, I don't know, did this for 20 years. Let's keep yeah. doing that. Is that yeah. working? Like, right. I'm not sure. And I think people are like, oh, you're not sure. And I'm like, yes, because also we're trying to demonstrate and role model and teach critical thinking. Right. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you think everything is terrible, but it means asking those questions of like, yeah. have we thought about this? How are we thinking about this differently? Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to think about this differently? And if so, how are we going to fix that? Or how are we going to make it better? Yeah. And I think some of the work that you want to get into with learning and development, learning and development is definitely about how do you make an organization more sustainable, right? Yeah. And oh, part yeah. of it is that you got to be vulnerable. You got to be truthful yeah. about what's not working. And again, you got to get out of the ego because if we stay in the ego, yeah. I mean, that's why things stay the same. I think that is a huge part of learning and development and kind of your passion in that is that I want to go in and you're very observant and you're very good, like I said, with communication and looking at also strengths that people have so right. that you can utilize those strengths to make it better. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that work that you want to do. I think that's great. If there's anything else you want to share about kind of your, your goals or ideas too, with learning and development or that whole concept of sustainability. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, one of the things that I just really believe in and that I'm so thankful for opportunities like this is that I think so much of what we can do in like a learning and development space, education, arguably they're very similar, right? Is really helping create opportunities for, I think three things like reflection, exploration, and Mm -hmm. self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to be able to yes time, but like create something that goes into the fabric of the everyday, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And be really intentional about what you're doing. I Mm -hmm. think I am very much, I used to be a person that was like, go, go, go all the time. It has to get Mm -hmm. done as quickly as possible. And like, am I an efficient person? Yes. But do I believe that patience and intentionality allow us to take time to develop a best practice and then implement it effectively? Yes. And so Mm -hmm. that's really the space that I want us to live in with the education system and Mm -hmm. within learning and development practices, right? If we're going to develop and we're going to identify something that needs to shift or change, like let's do that with intention Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. with passion Mm -hmm. and with care Mm -hmm. um, and really say not just what's the problem and how do we fix it, Mm-hmm. what's maybe the solution and how can I be a part of it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, um, it's foundational. It's about, yes. you know, if you're going to rebuild the foundation or really get into, you know, um, fostering some cultural shifts, it doesn't happen overnight and you yes. can't put band-aids on things like you, you have to let it marinate 
Mm-hmm. Let it grow, mm-hmm. you know, plant those seeds. It's going to flower eventually, but it's going to take time and you got to yeah. keep watering that, you know, like yes. when I go back to like sustainability and the environment, it's the yeah. same analogy. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I yeah. think, you know, kind of what you're just saying, right. In terms of thinking about whose voice isn't at the table that should be right. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm an expert in this area, or I've done this for this long. That's so wonderful. And we want you there too. And mm-hmm who else do we need to be mm-hmm. in this conversation and mm-hmm. how do we make sure that those people are there from the get go so that yeah. the direction that we decide we need to head or that we're going mm-hmm. is one that makes sense. That's been thought through and that takes into account all those different perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been really great, Emily. I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, before we end here, is there anything, any other final words or any sharing that you want to do before we end? Um, gosh, I mean, I think I will just say that like, one, I think it's such a joy to engage in critical conversations like this. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's something that I want to encourage other folks to do, um, and to, you know, think about how your learning and growth doesn't have to be one big giant light bulb moment. It can happen in the everyday, um, and making time and space for that as difficult as it is, (laughs) like, can be really, really impactful. And so I think I just appreciate and encourage everybody to be intentional um, Mm -hmm. about those opportunities when they present themselves Mm -hmm. and to lean into that Mm -hmm. opportunity for vulnerability, um, because I think that can make a really, really big difference. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's a great message. Lean into the vulnerability, have these critical and sometimes difficult conversations, but you grow from it and we can become better people. And I appreciate this conversation we just had today. I appreciate the ones we've had prior to this and on LinkedIn. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I look forward to continuing our um, relationship growing together. Me too. Thanks, Emily. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks. You too, Jackie. Bye. Bye.